0: about half and an hour
1: they show me interactions on my tiktok
0: it's like bro why? it's like why is this showing up on my africans only stream like I, I
1: specifically just <laughs> <Dr. like> only, <laughs> i only like black creators on tiktok hello everyone it's jd and we are live fox 5 with episode 6 I believe it might be episode five. I don't know. The days are starting to blur together. And uh, today's episode, if you guys weren't aware, is my colorism episode. The episode that I've been waiting for since I started this podcast because like I feel like it's such a big issue and I don't think people talk about it enough or it's like when they do talk about it, it's very surface level. And I really, I wanted to talk about it because it bothers me. But like, you know, I said in episode five, I was like, if I didn't get people who I felt like were speaking on it in an accurate way, or if I didn't feel like it was up to standards that I wasn't going to do it and I wasn't going to release it. But I'm glad to say that did not happen. Um, As you guys will hear, uh, this is a... This is a pretty great episode, if I do say so myself. I am... oh, I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. But this episode will be split into two parts because um, not only was it just that good, but it was also very long. It's like the Zoom call itself was like two hours. So I know you guys like me, but I don't think you like me enough. to Listen to me for two hours with no break. So this episode um is kind of focusing on colorism and its societal impact kind of its, its impact on women uh women of color so that's what this one's about i'm gonna drop a second episode at the same time so you guys aren't waiting for it but the second episode is definitely focusing more on men i didn't mean to split it up that way but the way people joined the zoom call that's just how it happened so it's just broken up like that. Um, the first episode, this episode is kind of... I'm not going to say, it's the side of colorism that people always like to bring up when we talk about colorism. So, you know, we talk about preferences, um, roles in TV and things like that. And then the second episode with David is... Um, it, it's kind of the aspect that we, that we don't mention. It is literally... You know how it affects black men the deeper sociological and economic roots of colorism so it will be in two parts but like i said they are dropping at the same time so there's no need to worry i'm not gonna make you wait and yeah but before i you we i we you all of us get into the colorism episode um some housekeeping things as per usual I don't have an update for what I'm listening to except for the fact that uh yeah no I've been listening to a lot of rap lately actually which is I'm not gonna say weird for me but I I just don't listen to a lot of rap so I've been listening to it a lot um not like Travis Scott or anything but when I listen to rap I definitely like for it to be more lyrical so I mean, let me tell you how I started I listened to J. Cole's For Your Eyes Only and so that kind of started like this spiral of going to like this lyrical rap side I've been listening to 2 Chains. um I like 2 Chains. I think he might be one of my favorite rappers just based on personality alone and then always as always I'm listening to Wale. But this is why I'm excited to tell you guys what I'm listening to because on Anchor, there's this new feature where you can insert um, little clips of songs you've been listening to. So I'm gonna insert a clip of one of the songs I've been listening to, hopefully. pauses for a dramatic effect. And if that doesn't work, um, just know that I've been listening to 2 Chainz, um new song. Don't go for that, uh, For Your Eyes Only. Always listening to Wale anything by wale he dropped an ep in like july it's called the imperfect storm it's beautiful love wale shout out to wale if wale ever listens to this album i mean this podcast i love you um so does my 30 year old sister so i don't know what that says about me but anyway that is what i'm listening to nothing new but as i'm recording this episode the um song Who can I run to by escape is in my head. Like who can I run? Why am I singing when I can insert the clip BRB? Um, hopefully that worked, but if not, yeah. Who can I run to by escape? And I believe that is all. Nothing new, nothing revolutionary. You know, I just got to sprinkle some Beyonce in there. Always listening to Beyonce, as you all know. And, um... What am I watching? That's a great question that I don't have a new answer to either. Because I am still, and I mean still, watching Steven Universe. Me and New Girl are on a break right now. I haven't watched New Girl in like two weeks. Because like, I don't know why, but like when awkward things happen in shows, I have to take a break. Like And there's like something very awkward happened. And so I, I have to take a break from it. Um, In the next episode... I'm actually going to be trying something new that I just decided. In part two of this episode, I will be testing out one of my comedic jokes that I wrote down at the beginning of quarantine. Why? I don't know. I just want to. I just want to practice. So yeah. Um, look out for that in part two. But back to what I'm watching. Something. I don't know if you guys watching New girl. There's not like it's any new episode, so it's not. Like I'm really spoiling anything. But like. Something very awkward happened. I don't know why. I don't know if it's my anxiety. But like when awkward things happen in shows. I, I can't. Like I need a break. But I have HBO Max now. Me and Amir sharing it. Even though he uses it way more than me. Um, what's on HBO Max? I've been watching a lot of Japanese films. Like um, Ponyo. Oh shout out to Jalen Pearl. If you're listening. I watched Ponyo. Not as great as you made it seem. But it's cool. And then like My Neighbor Todoroki. And Hunter x Hunter is on HBO Max so I'm trying to finish that and of course I'm re-watching Steven Universe because I guess HBO Max bought Cartoon Network or something so all of Cartoon Network is on there too so I'm finishing Steven Universe for the third time don't judge me but that's that's pretty much it still haven't finished Seven Deadly Sins season four will I ever you know maybe not you guys don't hold me accountable to finishing stuff so obviously you don't care that much and I don't so yeah but I'm not I'm not going to ramble for too long because like I said, this is such a good episode for me. Like, I believe it is a powerful episode that I really want you all to just like soak up. So I don't, I don't want to talk for that long. I'm literally about to end this so that you guys can, can listen to the episode because it's a, and I'm not saying that because it's my podcast, I'm saying it because Not only did I get great people to talk about it, but because it's an issue that affects not only the black community, but just communities of color due to it being an offshoot of racism. Now, if you want the dictionary definition of colorism, it is the prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. And that's important the typically among the same ethnic or racial group because like I said it's an offshoot of racism you know when the white people colonized you know India or they took African Americans uh, they took us from Africa to America and they taught us this self-hatred that we literally just internalized it and then we put it on each other and so it's important to understand that aspect of colorism but also to realize that white people also can as well be colorist and racist at the same time, so that's important. So I'm gonna stop rambling, so you guys can listen to this episode. This first part of the episode is featuring Omrit Man, who uh, I went to high school with, and she has a project on colorism that she did at the University of Maryland. I'm gonna link that in the box below, and then Debbie, who goes to Howard, and uh, I'm gonna link her socials as well. You guys know how I do and i hope you all enjoy this episode i honestly do and uh you guys will hear from me after the main segment we're going to start um the colors and panel this is probably going to be in two sections because um people uh black people are always running late you know colored people time <laughs> um appreciate you guys for being on time though
0: and yeah so i'm written debbie and take it away all right hey guys i'm amrit i am a psychology pre-law major at the university of maryland i am a sophomore and um, lately the type of music i've been listening to is r&b and soul especially like 80s and 90s motown music i've been listening to some bill withers from grover washington <laughs> and yeah nice all right debbie i
2: guess it's my turn um Hey guys, my name is Debbie Seniors. I am a junior nutritional science major on the pre med track, double minoring in biology and chemistry from Brown County, Florida. And I attend the illustrious Howard University. Um, the music I'm listening to is really weird. I'm listening to Boozy <laughs> a lot, but like old Boozy. Mm. I'm from the South. So I listen to a lot of Boozy, but then like I might go to like some Brandy. Then I might listen to some Isley Brothers. So that's, 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 my music tastes all over the place basically
1: oh my, Lucy though I, I can't support him I mean so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. interesting didn't think that would happen okay so we're just gonna jump right into it so um I know that I can't talk that much about colorism because I'm not that dark on the scale of um you know African-American shades we come in so many shades I'm not that dark so people like to remind me but so how would how would you explain colorism to somebody who I'm gonna say doesn't believe in it or just doesn't think it's a problem and then Amra, you can go because I'm not a hundred percent sure, but isn't it like a big issue in like in like southern Asia, like the colorism issue? Yeah,
0: for sure. So I guess how I'd describe it is like colorism is prejudice and discrimination against people with darker skin. We see like impacts of colorism all the time in society, girls wanting to lighten their skins or darker than like darker like tan their skins and they just it's just it's a big thing especially in southeast asia because it's like the stigma around lighter skin is glorified and if the lighter your skin is the more privileged you get right and economic and romantic relationships as well you're you're like you're appeared as more desirable in social environments so that's why and we see colorism in society every single day from the film industry to the makeup industry as well too
1: Okay, Debbie, you can go, but then I'm going to hop back to what Amra said, because she said something interesting, but Debbie?
2: Okay, so I would explain colorism as bias towards another skin color, a skin shade. Um, (laughs) I've seen, like, a lot of people don't tend to know about it because, um, I mean, ignorance is bliss. If it's not affecting you, of course you won't know about it. Um, But mostly, colorism is bias against skin colors, shades, um, and it could be from white people or black people. It does it doesn't discriminate. Doesn't discriminate, right? Now,
1: Amrit, you said economically, and can you touch on that? Because romantically, yeah, that and all that, but economically.
0: So let's just say, like, you go to a bank and you apply for a loan or some shit, right? And you, it's there's a white person in front of you and then let's just say a black person right there too like colorism can be seen against it's very similar to like racism as well too but like obviously the lighter-skinned person in the situation is going to have more of a privilege like like economically meaning like in sense of like the systematic racism that's been going on for decades as well do you
1: mm-hmm. get what I'm saying yeah, I get that. So you're saying like they are at a bank they're more likely to get a loan or yeah. Okay, and then you also romantically. Let's talk about it as girls romantically. Let's talk about it. Let's, yeah, let's talk let's, about let's that. Let's talk about it romantically because you brought it up so we're going to mention it. Um me personally, um I don't I don't know. I will say growing up my um old, one of my sisters was lighter than me, so guys that I liked we're always going after her and I think that for the for like the longest time that like really bothered me and then you know I went to school with like all white people so that was just that just wasn't happening so I definitely understand but then I got to Howard and it wasn't as big of a deal so maybe Debbie you can go and then Amrique you can tell me like what it's like for you or other um Southeast Asian women
2: um I can say because I am Haitian And I completely understand romantically because growing up, no one ever looked my way at all. When I tell you at all, I'm talking about people like, oh, like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just like dark girls. Like, they just act the same way. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they'd be like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, light-skinned girl a little more nice. A little bit more gentle, like they're a little bit more like feminine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Like, what about me is not feminine? I got boobs. I got, I, I'm, I am a female. Like, what about me is not feminine at all? And um, so I could definitely say romantically because literally I did not start to be seen romantically until I got to Howard. Yeah. So, well, the whole 18 years the only time people looked at me was because of my body it wasn't because of my body they a little boob a little but if it wasn't for that i would literally get like no attention at all okay
1: that that's actually major we're gonna come back to that that is huge
0: um Amrit, romantically was it a so personally for me it was like so i'm from like north north india which is like like i'm punjabi which are like we're lighter skinned than south indians so it was like, yeah, I would see, like, more in, like, in high school, especially, especially during South River High School, <laughs> it was, it was, like, either, like, a 50-50, like, either guys would be, kind of, like, find you as, like, a fetish, or they would just not be fucking with it at all. Right. And um, this was, like, it was weird to see, because you, then you would see, like, these Caucasian females who, like, who would just get far more attention because they were lighter skinned. Like women of like lighter skinned complexions are perceived as more beautiful or skilled and financially capable because that's how society glorifies lighter skinned women. And for me personally, like I didn't realize that this colorist ideology was behind people's schemas up until I got to college. And I saw that, that people would be attracted towards more lighter skinned people because that's what we've been taught.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, you said what we've been taught because, and Debbie kind of said that too, I was gonna to go to like preferences because you know, some people say, well, I prefer, normally when people say I, they have a preference, it's usually four lights, I prefer light skin. And sometimes people argue saying, well, it's just, you know, a preference, but you have to realize that like, these preferences are literally rooted in colors and like people are taught that light, lighter skinned women are, like you said, more feminine or they look better they're prettier they're nicer there's no logic behind this and then you have a dark-skinned woman who has been scorned by this world who has felt like less than so eventually she's going to turn to that stereotype that she thinks she is that people have told her so it's like it is a complete cycle yeah and I get that and then Amr, you said fetishes which is crazy because that's a whole another aspect of colorism which I didn't even think about I, I didn't even think about how sometimes yeah. people feel attracted to you for a fetish, not because they're genuinely interested. That mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I didn't even think of, that's actually a major point. You why so I love doing panels because things happen that I don't even think about.
2: And you know, it's it's mostly implicit violence. They don't even know they're doing it, right? And, they, and exactly. when, you, when you when you ask them, they're like, "I don't know." Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's so like built into our society that people don't even know anymore when they're doing it
1: yeah I think that's me like I said like with the preferences, like they don't even know it's like yeah I just like
0: light skins more
1: or I prefer white women why because you know it's in society
0: yeah especially because of the standard of beauty in the United States especially because most of the features that we used to see even when we were kids like a lot of the shows we would watch there were the darker skinned character was the sidekick or the or never, never the main character, like even shows in such as um, The Bachelorette, they would always need to have that token black character, mm-hmm. right. but never makes it to the end of the show.
1: Right, or- um, uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just, society. and you said like in movie roles, I think you said that earlier, mm-hmm. just how like even if black women or um, Indian women are in the lead, it's normally the lighter skin of, of the spectrum, like- um, Exactly, yeah. I watched New Girl oh, that was on Fox, Doyle De Chanel, and like there's an Indian character, Cece, but like, yeah. she's, she's not dark skinned She's she's lighter skin. Yeah. lighter Indian. So yeah, it's like it's like they they want to give you diversity, but they still want to enforce
0: these stereotypes or you know right. colorism. Like
2: exactly. how
0: many times? Oh, sorry, I didn't
2: mean to cut you. Oh, no, you're not good. You're good. Um, I think the craziest thing is how hesitant just the media in general are to put darker skinned females in just movies, music videos at all. Like literally, I don't know if you guys remember, but like um when Zoe Sardana was casted as Nina Simone and they put her in sideways, they were that hesitant to have an actual dark skin actress Nina mm-hmm. Simone. And it was just disgraceful.
1: I didn't even see the movie. I didn't even know she did that, so I was on Twitter. I was like, yikes. And then to find out that she doesn't even identify as Afro Afro-Latina, I found yeah. that she doesn't identify that way. I was like, yeah, but you're portraying an African-American icon and you don't even want to claim the African part of your heritage. That's weird. The yeah. armor,
0: what were you saying? I was just saying that like a lot of like the way that or, like society and especially people our age think this way or no, I'm talking about more, more of the older generation is because of like, when we are younger, like even thinking about like the shows that we would watch, even the magazines, we would see the advertisements we would, that would be displayed. It always show lighter skinned characters as the main feature. And if there was a black girl or a black boy in the, sh- in the shows, it would have to be that they were scary or that they're unattractive or they indicated some sort of fear. So like, it's, it's, crazy to see how prominent colorism is in society today because like it has a serious psychological distress on women and it's like how can you even fight it if this is how people's mindsets were formed
1: right I think you like said the psychology of it you know is huge I'd say because eventually what's that thing called <sighs> Not I don't know what it's called but it's like when somebody says something so much to you that you eventually like just become it because you've heard it so much
0: yeah, I know what you're talking about. You start to like wanting to like desire to do that. Yeah.
1: I don't even know what that's called. I like to say, you know, just the power of the tongue, you know, things you say at <laughs> your mouth literally just come to pass. Um, yeah. so we've already talked about examples of colorism. Um, And yeah, we've talked about you guys' culture, you know, being Haitian and Indian. So um, have you all experienced, can you give if you don't want to that's fine but any personal experiences with colorism outside the basics basic like you know romantic or can you a specific example like say if you're not if you don't
0: feel comfortable we, we don't have to um, i guess like especially in high school where we went to predominantly white high school like in classes like even something as to raising our hand for a question it would always be like like the white girl getting called before me and i mean this is a very like typical example of colorism but like i guess it's just it happens so often you start to notice it less and less
1: yeah and i went to school with you i knew you were smart i don't know why they wouldn't call you first
0: Uh, (laughs) that's what i'm saying they don't even know debbie
2: um uh it's to me, it's crazy how like Armin says she didn't really know much about it till she like grew older. Cause I've literally like suffered from the effects of colorism since I was a baby, mm-hmm. in, in my in my family. Yeah, literally. Um, you know how like when you're born and your color the doesn't come in yet until like you get like older and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so when I was born, you know, I was I was white. I was really like white and everybody was so happy. And then my color came in and then everybody, literally my whole entire life, I got asked like, what happened to you? Like you were so light. And I guess cause my mom's light skin and like my brothers are dark skin. They thought that I would come out like like my mother. And every day they'd be like, oh, like what happened? Like you had such beautiful skin, like such beautiful skin color. You're in the sun too much and look what happened. And yeah. literally I was told this my whole entire life so yeah my like, family members yes uh,
0: and, yeah I can definitely relate to that well, like,
2: they, I, they literally told me like hey like you should go like date a white dude so you can have a mixed baby so we can have like a they said like a doppel it's like a flag so when you go to Haiti I'm like what are y'all talking
0: about <laughs> wow yeah. Um, it's yeah it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. That's how like I didn't know what colorism was up until I had gotten to this age. But had I experienced it for sure, especially within like my family, like coming from a traditional Indian family, like especially Punjabi family, there were like like one summer, like one summer when I was like 14, 15 years old, I spent every single day outside, like every single day outside. And like I got super, super tan. And I would go I went to like a family function afterwards. Let's say in like September, August, September. And my family members were like, Oh, you got so dark. What happened to you? Like, you need to get your skin color back. Like, like you you look black. Like, what's wrong? Like, why do you look so dark? And I was like, I was shocked. I was like, why do you all hate it so much? Like like I just got tan. Like I didn't even recognize what you what you guys were seeing right it was just like like it was always like glorified to be lighter skinned because because of the privilege that comes with it but i for sure didn't know that like a lot of it has to do with the older generation as well yeah parents telling you you should do this should do that because it's more beautiful or it's this or you're just look better
1: and i was going to say cuz you say older generation i really feel like i was lucky because I felt like I always was being colorist towards myself, if that makes sense. Like when I would go outside when I was younger, I didn't mm-hmm. want to be outside for longer. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to get dark. I don't want to get dark. I don't want to get dark. You know, and my parents, my parents used to say to me, it was like, you should be happy to get dark. You like, you should be glad to get out the sun. Yeah. I mean, glad to be in the sun. And it really depends on, you know, your parenting, your parents enforcing the stereotype because now I'm looking back on it. And I'm just like, I wish I was darker because like, like I just spent so much time Trying to remain this skin tone, like for what? I'm still get discriminated against, regardless. regardless. Yeah, but I'm glad you guys mentioned the family because that was actually the next question. But now we can, we can skip over it because, yeah, you mentioned how sometimes our families really are, the are the reasons that we feel this way, and they pass it on to their children. But I did not know, it was that deep for your family, Debbie? To say, oh, you know, you can give the white man having and it's crazy because i feel like people actually do that well especially but
2: i'm gonna try like they do it's not it's not i think they do i'm not
1: you know i'm not gonna like bash anybody but like some people not feel about the kardashians it's like it's like the opposite you know like they give a black man have like these like perfect and now it's like everybody has to be this perfect shade of this perfect in between shade so you got like dark women getting with
0: white men or like white girls getting with black men have this like that's weird that, in between shade that's a societal fetish i'm telling you you want like you like now like they want white women to get with black men so they can make that perfect mixed baby with that perfect shade right and it's just like you guys are like disgusting like come on like like it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense that's why they're having like all these mixed babies running around and their kardashians
1: Right. People, people know how I feel about the Kardashians. I just feel like that whole, that whole family is just like, like, okay.
2: And I mean, like, I understand, like, I'm all for like, you know, loving someone just for them. Like that's, that's fine. But when you go there with the intention of like, oh, like you already know, like your child's going to come out with curly hair and this skin color and this this is not like, that's not the reason why you go into a relationship. So like, what, like what's wrong with just having a black child? Like what's right. what's the issue?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say on TikTok, I don't know if you guys are on this, but like interracial TikTok, it's a very weird side TikTok that sometimes pops up on my Explore page, where it's just like it'll be black women or white women. It's just like here's my white husband, here are my beautiful white skin kids, or here are my you know, or it'll be like you know, and I'm just like, what is this like? I'm not gonna say ethnic cleansing, but it's like it's just this. It's like this push to make us all the same if that makes sense like like the world doesn't want diversity anymore it's like they want us all to all to be the same
0: yeah it's funny uh, you say ethnic cleansing
1: <laughs> yeah oh re- research the situation in Ethiopia by the way since we're talking about yeah the cleansings research <laughs> the situation in so uh Tigure, I believe so the town okay. of Ethiopia by the way, just have to stay woke um okay and then yeah, it's crazy. It's like they want us all to be the same, and I don't like that because then they tell you to celebrate your differences, but yet they tell you to be the same. Um. All right, well, Amr has to go soon. So my last question is going to be, is there anything that you guys have read or movies that you've watched that, like, what am I going to say? Yeah, that have helped you with colorism or help explain it better or any articles that the listeners can listen to?
0: Um, while I was working on my um, gender empowering project for um, this class, there's one article I came across called Pride and Prejudice, Pervasiveness of Colorism in Animated Series Proud Family. I don't know if you guys have heard of the show, The Proud Family, yeah. but colorism in that show is extremely prevalent. It are like it talks about how in the show where there's positive community relations within a traditional African-American family, colorism is still prevalent. Like in kids media, especially, instead of being critiqued or looked into characters with attributes of wealth, beauty, intelligence, they're portrayed with Eurocentric features, whereas characters with um, characteristics such as poverty or unintelligence are portrayed with Afrocentric features. I just think it's an interesting article if you wanna look at more into how colorism is portrayed in even children's show, yeah. Mm-hmm
1: and that's crazy because a lot of people like the proud family it's like there's really big push the african-american community to get the proud family on disney channel like we look up to it and yet even mm-hmm. in the things that the little the little bits of you know diversity that we have that's still tainted with colorism you said yeah. it's called
0: pride pride prejudice and it's called pride and prejudice, pride and prejudice. Um, yeah i'll send you the link it's pride and prejudice Pre- pride and prejudice pervasiveness of colorism in the proud family
1: Okay, everyone, I'm gonna have that link in the description box, Debbie, what about?
2: Um, I read this article, um, it's called What's Colorism by David Knight, you can find it like online, but if you want to just see how this situation could um, play in a classroom or just simple settings, I think that's a good surface level way to start to understand what colorism is.
1: Okay, and could you repeat the title one more time? Just because people color? don't like to re- fa- rewind.
2: <laughs> What's colorism by David Knight? By David Knight. Okay, okay.
1: All right. What is colorism? Um, I'd like to thank you guys for joining. Hopefully, the guys show up and I can do it from their point of view. Not like you know, it's really needed, but you know.
2: <laughs>
1: uh thank you guys and um. You guys can text me or email me anything, or you can put in the chat box um, what you want promoted through the podcast in description box. Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, thank you guys for that. Thank you so much for having us.
1: Thank you, Amrit. Thank you, Debbie. And like, this was like one of the big episodes I wanted to do, but I knew that like, I couldn't, that I couldn't do it like by myself because like, that's just not... Like I said, I like I know the colors and a thing, and I know that to some extent it hurts me, and I benefit from it at the same time. But it was just like my parents didn't raise me to focus on that. My parents always told me to embrace my brown skin. They told me to go out in the sun, so I knew that it wasn't something that I could really talk about, you know, in depth. You know, so mm-hmm. I wanted to get a whole bunch of people, or at least people that knew more about it than me. Mm-hmm.
2: I admire that, though,
1: because, like, it was hard. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't, because cause to me, it's, like, I went, like, Amr, me and her went to school together, mm-hmm. and we went, to well, high school, and we mm-hmm. went to, like, a predominantly white school, and so some of the things that I experienced, I wouldn't even say were colorism, it was just, it was just play straight-up racism, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there are a lot of things that, like, looking back on me, you'd be like, yeah, this really was colorist, and you didn't even know. You're like, you know? Mm-hmm. So, what, because, like I said, it, it didn't become a big issue to me that I got to Howard, and I really, like, figured out about it, and I realized, like, how deep it is, because, you know, it's a it's an offshooting of of racism.
2: It is. I literally always say like, colorism just a, dil- a diluted version of racism. Right, right. it's like... um
1: Cause, you know especially like in india like because that's why i want to get armor on it because you know in india where the british were were colonizing for so long that's why it's literally so deeply rooted in there because the british had hold of india for so long mm-hmm. and then, you know and then we african americans you know slavery and you know the light skins being the master's favorite being in the master's house you know the darker people being in. it was like and it's just so it's so incorporate like even in our families you know like my um my grandmother is is light skinned and like she she calls me jigaboo <laughs> like and she thinks it's like a term of endearment. She's like, "Hey, jigaboo!" I'm be like, mm-hmm. "Okay, grandma," because <laughs> she's light skinned you know. And then I think like sometimes it's so like you don't even think about it. Like sometimes the jokes we say are like some of that. Like you don't you don't even think about like how's really perpetuating
2: like colorism. Yeah, and I, I love- think that's so bad. And I don't think people understand like it's really bad in South Florida. Like it's really, really, it's really, really bad in South Florida. Like I can literally say, it is so bad. Like I didn't learn to love myself till I got to Howard. Now,
1: well, matter of fact, like me, you just keep talking, and I'll, I'll definitely put this in podcast episode because. Oh okay. Because okay. we're getting some good stuff here. Um. <laughs> so you said South Florida. So. I don't think I know anybody else from South Florida, but why? Why do you think it's so bad? And when you mean it's bad, do you mean like from, from white people, or you mean like from your from black people themselves, like from your own people? Black,
2: black men, black men, black men, black men. Oh, um, literally, I don't think you've seen. And I'm I I hate to speak in about like people in general, so I'm never ever gonna say all. Right. I will say a good majority are obsessed with this obsession with like red bones, yellow bones, light skin, mm-hmm. light skin. If we hear all the songs from the South, it's like, I got a fire red bone. Like, right. I got a light skin shit. Like like, I, like literally the obsession with lighter skinned women. And I have found like, in my experience, I've had people tell me that I'm too dark that, oh, like if it was a little lighter, they would talk to me or date me. Like literally, if it was, I'm telling you, like, like I said earlier, if it wasn't for the fact that I, I guess, developed early, so I had like a body, I'm telling you now, people would not look twice at me.
1: But I think that's also an issue that, the fact that sometimes we see dark-skinned women as just their bodies, we oh. don't see anything else. We literally just look at their bodies. And cause you know, I'm, I'm not saying I know a lot of dark skin women that, that have nice bodies, but I I do know a lot of dark skin women that have nice bodies. And I've heard that it's like people are only looking at me for my body. And it's just like we objectify we objectify dark skin women so much. Like women already are objectified, and then on top of that, we objectify dark skin women so much that, like I said earlier, they literally become these bitter women because their whole lives they heard they're too dark they're too this and like we literally create these monsters that we're trying to avoid when we go to light-skinned women or light-skinned men or whatever Mm. and I will say I don't know because I'm not a man but that's why you know I'm waiting for other people to get here but I don't think that this it's the same for men now I could be wrong but I've I've never heard somebody say I don't want a dark skin man. I I've, I've never heard it, and I mean white, black woman, Hispanic woman,
2: none of that. I guess I guess in the romantic sense, I can see. I don't. Okay, I can say like in the romantic sense. Um, I guess one thing about dark skin that I could struggle with is people fetish, fetishizing them you realize, not, sometimes
1: they don't care. You, not, no, not all of them. Like you said, I don't want to say blanket statements, but right. I have been in Twitter arguments where I will say like, stop fetishizing Black men. And a Black man will come in my DMs and be like, or come in my thread and be like, why are you trying to protect me? If they want to fetishize me, let them. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, this is not an okay thing for you to be
2: fetishized by these women (laughs) here's the thing though here's the thing I literally like I was very aware of the fact fact that a lot of black men were being fetishized by these like by a lot of other women and I used to tell my friends like do you know this girl is only dating you
1: because
2: because because you're in right like you're in like you're you're literally like a trend, a hot commodity. Like you know that if it wasn't cause of the whole, um the whole stigma around oh, dark skinned man, that's tall with straight teeth, tall, dark handsome.
1: Like, or you know sometimes white girls is like oh, I want to upset my parents' like. <laughs> I'm like do you know? Do
2: you know? If you weren't like a hot commodity or like you weren't being finished they would not look twice at you. Like they do. I don't care. Like I don't. Like, I mean like no she not like that like I'm like no like you guys are not even realizing it like I mean me I can realize it when I see a white man try to talk to me yeah there's you I and I feel like and he calls me um his chocolate queen I mean chocolate goddess my <laughs> Nubian queen when they talk about my skin color at all that's the issue that's the issue <laughs> so best believe I can tell if a girl if a white girl a Spanish girl like, oh, like I need me like a tar, dark skinned dude, like six, seven, like, do you understand like this person is just looking at you, just like dark skinned women for for the physical. physical your physical, they're not even trying to look into who you are as a person when they first meet you.
1: But I think it's so opposite because you know, with dark skin women that are only looking for look, they only look at you for your body, you know. If they're not good for your body, you're normally not gonna be have romantic interest. And with men, dark skin men, they're always gonna have a romantic interest because somebody's always interested in them. So to them, it's like they yeah. don't really care. And I don't know many, yeah. I don't know many African American men that are with Caucasian women or Asian women or whatever that have broken free from from that stigma because to them, I say it all the time: humans aren't humans aren't meant to be alone. And to them, they're never alone. Mm-hmm. So they're never, you know they're never going to think twice about it. And I think it's crazy because when you look at colorism and you look at all this stuff, it always has roots. It always takes its roots like back slavery, you know, like fetishizing black men. They never want to uplift this, but white women were just instrumental during slavery as white men. And, you know, white women would go have sex with the slaves, the slave men, and then, or if they got caught, tell, their husband, that they were raped and then the men are getting castrated, hung and all this stuff. And there's this fetishization that literally goes back to slavery and y'all think this is okay. And they're still doing it. It's not like this It's like, it stopped. They're still doing it. There are still black men in jail who wanted this white girl because she was all that. And then she cried rape and now you're in jail and you didn't do anything. It's not like this stopped. This is still a thing. And let me say this. I don't care who you know who you love, but you better make sure that person loves you for who you are, and exactly. not what you look like, and not what they can do for you.
2: And I—that's think- a word, though. That's a word. That's a word. That's a word. Literally, um, and like, in, and you know how I was saying how it's bad in South Florida. Um, I did find myself, like, the only time they will look at dark-skinned women, Black men in general, was if she had her nails done, her eyebrows done, her hair done, her, like, everything, like, literally. It has to be done. You had to go the extra mile to even be seen.
1: Right. It's like, it's like, it's like, but, um what is the dad saying scandal? He says, what did I tell you, Olivia? You have to be twice as good to get half of what they get. And dark-skinned women, like you just said, they have to you always have to be sharp. You always have to dress well. You always have to have your makeup and nails done so that you can literally have half of what these light-skinned women get or half what these white women get. And sometimes you don't even get half. Exactly. And that's so draining to always feel like you have to be at your best to be loved. And I mean, best physically Th- to, to be loved. I don't
2: think that's fair. And it definitely wasn't fair. And I literally have people and like my friends tell me like, you know, like I see you as a sister. You know i'm like okay yeah and i'm like okay I'm, I'm like i'm cool you see i see me as my sister like i don't like you you know what I'm, saying? I'm cool but um what factor of it makes you makes me feel like i'm your sister they're like oh like you know like um i just like girls like i like spanish girl i like white girls i was like okay I'm like, okay, like, what's the issue with black girls? I mean, like, black girls be doing too much sometimes. I'm like, okay. I was like, and, and I, had to, I had to talk to them. I'm like, okay, so would you date a light-skinned girl? I mean, yeah, like, I, I would. Like, I would. I mean, she has to be, like, a certain type of light-skinned girl, but, you know, I'll date her. Right. am not to be
0: certain
2: hair texture.
1: I'm
2: like, and I'm like, would you date a dark-skinned girl? He was like, hmm, no. Like, no, like, I don't know, bro. I don't know, it's just, it's just something about, like, I don't really like it. I'm like, you're telling me this right in front of my face.
1: And it's like, <laughs> but it's like, like we said earlier, it's just like, it's literally been beaten down into us so much that they don't even think twice, you know, like, like preference is a big thing. Cause when you talk about colors and people always want to bring up preference. It's like, well, it's not, there's nothing wrong with preferring light skins over dark skins, And you have to realize that these preferences are literally rooted in what you have been brainwashed to believe. You've been brainwashed. I hate saying brainwashed, but you know, that you've been brainwashed to believing that dark skin women are masculine, dark skin women are steak. And you've been believing this because that's what the media has showed you, mm-hmm. you know. And then when you see dark skin women, you're like, and they confirm your stereotypes because their whole life they've been told they're too dark or they're masculine or all this. Now your suspicions are confirmed, you know, your biases are confirmed. And they don't even think twice about thinking about, well, why, why are dark-skinned women like this? Why, as a whole, are dark-skinned women like this? There must be something wrong if all
2: of them are like this and they never think about it. Never think about it. And it's crazy to me because you can have a preference, but most people that have asked, like, like well, how did your preference come about? They can't tell me anything they can't tell me nothing with substance. And then when they do tell me something, it's something bad about something negative about a typical, I, I don't understand how a, a negative thing can come out of this the, the shade of color you're in. But like I told you before, we you knew how I said that when I said like, oh, like they're just rough on the edges, like they're a little too mean, like they're, they're just, you realize the reason why you have a preference is because you have a, like negative feelings toward a certain shade of woman. Right, and at the
1: end of the day, we're all women, but you can't get down because they're dark skin. And like, oh uh, I just lost my train of thought. I hate when that happens. Oh, I was gonna say, because you know, like, with preferences, like, I feel like it is, and I feel like somebody's gonna try to twist my words. I feel like it is normal to have preferences But the issue with preferences is people will literally not date you if you're not in their preference. And me, I have preferences. I would like for my boyfriend to be taller than me. My boyfriend, my boyfriend Amir, he's taller than me. But would I date somebody that's my height? Yes, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes we see with preferences, it's like, because you're not taller than me, I'm not even gonna give you the chance. You know, it's like, because you're not this skin tone, I'm not even going to give you the chance, and that and that's where I think that's where the issue lies with preferences. Mm-hmm. Your people are so focused. I understand as humans, you know, you know, the first thing we see is how people look. But people are so focused on the outside that they never even take the opportunity to look inside other people and to look inside themselves.
2: Definitely, um, <laughs> that is such a good point because literally, like, people can have a preference. But just make sure that like it's it's a preference. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're gonna like completely write out everyone. It just it just means that if you were to compare it to people, you would prefer this. And that's 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 okay. But don't sit here and say, like, oh yeah, like you can say, yeah, I have a preference for light-skinned women, but like that doesn't mean I don't like dark skinned women, like you know what I'm saying? Like I just So happen to gravitate towards lighter skin. I just I just so and that's okay. That's that's fine. But don't sit here and tell me, you know, I have a preference. I don't like black, dark skinned girls. They they too much this, they too that like that right there. That's when you cross the line. You don't have to basically put down another person to lift another
1: right. You don't have to put somebody else down to uplift somebody else. And I think I'm watching soap. First of all, I'm on TikTok like all the time, but I've seen so many videos where black girls have been talking about this, how, how black women will say, oh, they'll say, well, why are you dating white women? And they'll say, I'm dating this white women because black girls do this, 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 and that. And it's like, we didn't say what black girls do. We ask, why are you dating white women? And if the only reason why you can say you're dating white skinned or you're dating white women is because black girls or dark skinned girls do this, that, and the third that means there's a bigger issue. <laughs> it means that if they didn't do this then the third or you didn't perceive them this way, then you'd want to be with them. So if that's the case, we need to be changing our perceptions of black women, which is like, why like I, this is why I try to do these episodes like this because like, I really feel, feel like these are conversations that need to be had to people that were not willing to have these conversations because we're so hell bent on the way things are. Like we're not not trying to, to change and it's unfortunate, but it needs to
2: happen. And it's like, sometimes it's very discouraging because I mean, me personally, whenever I do hear someone speak about colorism and they say things like what we're talking about, I don't automatically, you know, get upset with them or shut them down. I try to make them, like I try to get down to the bottom of it because sometimes it's like okay you can have your preference and you can gravitate towards this but like make sure it's like an actual like reason like make sure it's something that's actually genuine and I don't have a issue talking to people and break it down why and trying to see why but like some people are just it's just discouraging to hear that and to see that people really don't even want to understand the fact that it could probably be something deeper right. than what they think. And I just think it's because they they don't want to, they don't want to change their viewpoint at all.
1: Right. And I don't, and I don't even want people to think that, because sometimes, you know, when people, when we talk about colorism, we keep it like on surface level of like, you know, relationships and preferences, but, and I don't want people listening to this podcast to say, to take it and run with it because colorism at the end of the day, like I said earlier, is an offshoot of racism. Colorism goes so much deeper than just romantic preferences. There are mm-hmm. economical, economical, economic implications mm-hmm. of colorism. There are social implications of colorism. There are things that dark-skinned men and women won't be able to do because of colorism that light-skinned women and men can. And I feel like it's like white privilege. If you know your light skin instead of trying to oppress yourself like a lot of light skins try to oppress themselves like they'll be like oh uh the dark skinned girl you know um god ah, what is that that girl's name queen niger naja her or whatever how she was saying oh they used to make fun of me because i had good hair and well what's good hair they used to make fun of me because i was light skin and blah 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 Okay. You're mad somebody made fun of you when you were in elementary school for being light-skinned, if that even happened, when there are dark skinned women who were literally out here battling the social and economic implications of colorism. You mad because somebody made fun of you in elementary school, which probably didn't even happen?
2: Like, no. And it even goes deeper into, like, when you're applying for your job, you can have the same conditions as another Black woman but literally something as crucial as the shade of of their skin can affect whether you get a job or not. It can affect whether, even in health fields, it can help whether you're playing some medical school or not. Literally, literally like the the shade of your, the shade of your skin can literally make or break certain things for you. And that's the thing people, I think like romantic relationships and stuff like that like that's surface level like that's that's something that's apparently like you can see but like other things you you won't be able to really see unless you delve into like hold up me and this person has the same condition matter of fact, i might have i have i might be more, might qualified. Be more qualified.
1: and and you know it's also like you got to realize like also that sometimes it like, like, you know, you say it's, it's parenting. Sometimes your parents treat the light skinned children better. So now you got psychological issues with your parents, because you weren't taught, you weren't treated as well as your light skinned siblings. Exactly. Like, and it, and it goes so much deeper. is so why I'm going to keep saying it over and over and get, again in this podcast, that colorism is a literal offshoot of racism. So when you think of the differences between black and white people, some, you need to think of those between the difference of light skins and and dark skins because those things will happen. Mm-hmm. A white man is more likely to get a job than a black man. A light skin man is more likely to get a job than a black man. And we need to dare I say check your privilege. I, I did this um I did this leadership conference my mm-hmm. junior year of high school and um we did like you know this privilege walk and you know you you guys are all standing on the same line and they ask you certain questions and you know, and you stand up, like you walk further. And then once they ask you all the questions, you look back and you're like, you see like, you know, where people are like, you I remember they were asking me like questions that I never even thought about. They were like, cause you know, I was a junior high school still, you know, wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't woke yet, you know? <laughs> so they were like, do you live in a two parent household? Take a step forward. Are you black? take two steps backwards, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. And so
1: at the end of like this privilege walk, first of all, and I don't, this might upset some black black men, but (laughs) there were a whole bunch of white men in the front, obviously, but guess who was behind them? Black men. (laughs) Really? Right. And so it's like, it's this thing that no matter who you are you have to check your privilege and you have to understand that at the end of the day you'll always have some privilege that somebody else doesn't have and it is your job as a decent human being to to check your privilege if you're not going to do anything with it at least check it and don't speak on things you don't know about that's how i feel about it personally
2: um hmm like literally I feel like the the topic of black men is so sensitive because they have a target on their back, but at the same time they still hold some privilege, like privilege in certain aspects of things. Right. And so, like for me personally, when I look at black men, it's like I want to protect them, but at the same time, like I gotta check you, like I gotta let you know that, like, you know, you know, you can do this, and I can't. Right. You know you can get away with this, and I can't.
1: Or you, you know, you can walk in the street at one o'clock in the morning, and nothing's gonna happen to you. Like
2: small. Stuff. I can't like small, small stuff. And I'm not gonna sit here and generalize and say that it's true for all black men. I would like I literally say like this is something I really stress. I don't assume for nobody, and I don't generalize anything. Right. Because there's always an exception to what I said, but from what I've seen what i've seen and what i've what i've experienced i don't have the luxury to do a lot of things right that black men can do or darker skinned black men can do and literally when you look at movies you see dark skinned black men that's not an issue, hmm. that's, yeah. not an issue. that's really not an issue what's his name for Queen of and daniel daniel kwiley uh, uh girl, i don't know uh queen of- and <laughs> All get out,
1: Queen and Slim. Like um, he's got, he's gotten roles, you know. You
2: won't, you won't find an issue with seeing a dark skinned black man,
1: right, like, on Idris Elba, God forbid, the ladies love Idris Elba. Don't, don't. Oh, was Tay Tay
2: Diggs, um,
1: uh, Tay, Tay Diggs.
2: Like who, who, who?
1: And as much as Art, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman was not light skin. <laughs> There there is a market for for dark skin men, so you know. I was like, check check your privilege. And I will, I kind of want to talk about this because you kept you kept saying how you didn't really like feel the love until you got to Howard. Until you got to Howard, because I do realize, because you know, one of my questions was how do how do we combat colorism, and I do realize that you said you didn't feel that way until you got to Howard. And I think the biggest combatants of colorism. Is being around, you know, I say being around black people. Being around black people who want to learn, who want to educate themselves, who want to do more. And I feel like that's why Howard is such a great place. Not just Howard, just just college in general. Like when you want to do better, when you want to be a better person, when you want to learn more, there are a lot of things you will become woke to. There are a lot of things you want to change. That's why I feel like I can really. Connected to my HBCU, so that's why HBCUs are, are so important.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, I think the issue is a lot of people might, uh, and that's why I say like, I really like, want to think hard, because they really tell me how to love myself. Um, you have to want to be around other, other black like, people who experience different things. Yeah. As well, like, even us having this conversation, literally, if I stayed in the same place around the same people, I'll, I'm not gonna have no one, you know, giving me challenging things to think about. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and think about like, oh, like colorism and stuff like that. But right. if I have people who have different experience, experiences for me, and that's what I think about, I also like love about Howard easy. you put a bunch of black people from all types of households, socioeconomic status, right, cultures. You put them in one place, and we all learning from each other. And literally, I'm 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 in Howard. I'm like, what the heck? These people actually like black girls. Like what? Like <laughs> I'm
1: sort of like you're like you like you like, a guy's talking to you like
2: I'm like this boy is looking
1: you like me. me? I'm saying like uh-huh. it's a crazy. It's it's the craziest thing because um, that was so weird for me when I got to Howard and guys were like talking to me. I was like, huh? Uh-huh, like, I was like, you talking to me? Sorry, it's my cat. He's so
2: cute. I was like, what? Like, what is going on? Like, yeah, you confused? You like? And then I hear people, and people like you know, like they they've never experienced colorism at all. I'm like, what? Like, it must like, be nice. People have never heard the the term red bone or yellow bone at all. I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, where have y'all? And I think it was that experience to know that there's actually people out there who love my skin, who love who I am, who love who I am as a person. Like, I don't have to do any gimmicks or nothing. I could just be myself. I could pull people just like that. You know what I'm saying? just that experience really changed my mindset and i think in order for people to get that awakening kind of like i did they need to be in an environment and that's the way we combat it it needs to be an environment where they're literally being challenged with different types of A backgrounds, diverse, and diverse people that's literally what it is if you literally stay in the same place around the same like-minded individuals you'll you'll never learn you will never learn literally you will never learn you will literally stay in and I And think that's the one thing with our the our older energy older generation they literally stayed they stayed exactly where they were and they didn't right that's it yeah. A- yeah and so you see us now like we have social media we can talk to people have different conversations all that stuff they didn't have that they stayed in their community, so I feel like that whatever was prevalent in that community was polarized among, amongst themselves, and so they have a set certain way of thinking. Whereas me, I might think I know something, then I go on Instagram I go on Twitter, and I'm getting, I'm having people come at me, educate me about things that I thought I knew about. You know what I'm saying? So I think, oh. I, I think I'm sorry i think it's very important to be in, in an environment where your ideas are challenged
1: right and that's and that's the thing i that is such a common i feel like every time i have an episode all these themes just tying together because we we're talking about you know self-reflection earlier and now we're talking about being challenged because sometimes people don't want to be challenged and i was talking about that in my last episode with my dad about you know church and all that stuff people you know people don't want to be challenged people just want to stay where they are and they're afraid to be challenged to to be wrong and to be out there and that's and i will say i think that's a great place to end it this to end it i don't know what david's doing i'm gonna have to call him but <laughs> um it's okay to be wrong that's why i'm so glad that howard talking that because before howard i was a know-it-all you're not gonna tell me nothing i don't know i know everything and then i got to howard and i had to realize that there are other people that are smarter than me. There are people that know more than me. And I don't think that should be something that upsets you. I think that should be something that uplifts you and makes you want to learn yeah. more. And I think that's so great about HBCUs. I'm not gonna say HBCUs, cause you know, is that mostly where it is? Yeah, but just college in general, you know, if you go to college for the right reasons and you wanna learn more and you just wanna become a different person, college is a, it's a great place for you to challenge yourself and for you to learn more and for you to be Dead wrong. It's it's, oh, I, it's okay to be dead wrong sometimes, you know? And I think... All right, you guys. uh I'm not going to hold you with the conclusion because like I said, there's literally a part two coming right after this. But I hope at least part one got your wheels turning, made you think about how colorism is really an actual issue, not something that just... People are just, you know, complaining about. And I really hope that it made you look at black women differently because like I said in this episode you know like my mom brought up because I just did a you know a girl code preview like my mom brought up in the girl code episode sometimes black women are perceived as so harsh and so bitter because of the way the world has treated us not even because we just want to be it's because of how we've really been treated by the world so I feel like through this podcast and through these episodes, you should be able to piece together, you know, the black women or the black women you see in the streets of black women in your life, you know, just be able to piece them together differently and look at them in a different way in a better way, a understanding way, a way that says, I see you and I understand you. And I often feel like black women, we, we don't get that. And so I think that's great. But like I said, part two, we're focusing on black men because listen, I see you kings I respect you kings when the respect is given first let me just say that because some of y'all don't deserve it but none of the people that listen to my podcast I know all you all are kings so yes this part two is specifically for you guys and um I hope you enjoy part one and I really hope you enjoy part two all right guys peace